to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Blasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box Radio. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and I am so very happy that you tuned in today. This is one of my favorite subjects uh, of all time, and in particular because I've just noticed this massive increase of entrepreneurs in the world, and a lot of them are women. And so my guest today is a very, very special woman. Her name is Melinda Emerson, and she's also known as Small Biz Lady. She is America's number one small business expert. She has been a thriving entrepreneur for 20 years and is an internationally known keynote speaker and expert on small business development and social media marketing, something oh, so many of us really need help on. She publishes a resource blog at succeedasyourownboss.com. Her small business advice reaches more than 3 million entrepreneurs each week online, and Forbes magazine has named her the number one woman for entrepreneurs to follow on Twitter, and Forbes also named her one of the top 10 tech and business experts for 2017. And if that was not enough for you, she is also a regular contributor to Inc., Essence, and Black Enterprise, And she is the best-selling author of Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, a month-by-month guide to a business that works. She also has done the ebook How to Become a Social Media Ninja, and she recently published her latest work, which is Fix Your Business, a 90-day plan to get back your life and reduce chaos in your business. I am so very proud uh, and happy to welcome to the program Melinda Emerson. Hello, Melinda. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Wow, you've got like an incredible background here. And and I've, I have so many questions. It's interesting because sometimes when I have guests on, I always have, you know, it, it, questions that will come up during the conversation. But there is so much for us to cover uh, in this hour. And I feel like we need more than one hour, but we're going to try and tackle uh, as much as we can. First of all, for our listeners, can you give them a little bit of an idea? When did you decide or have you always been um, owning your own business or uh, doing small business. How, how did you get started in this? Well, to be completely honest with you, I got inspired to think about becoming an entrepreneur when I was in college, when I was a sophomore in college. In fact, um, I went to Virginia tech. I majored in journalism undergrad and, you know, Oprah Winfrey was actually the first journalist I ever saw start a business. Mm. And I literally became fascinated by the fact that she started Harpo Studios. She started out as an employee of ABC and within three years flipped that whole thing around and owned the Oprah Winfrey show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first year that she, you know, owned her own show outright and did her first syndication deal for her show that was how she started amassing this incredible wealth that she now has today. And 
I remember being in college and it was, I, it was that summer. I was doing an intern for the today show in New York. And I was like, you know what? I said, <laughs> I, I need to figure out how she did that literally. And um, all the way back then actually figured out what the name of my company was going to be, which is quintessence. Um, and it's a, it's a word that means perfection or most high. I liked it though, because it was a hard word to say and most people didn't know what it meant and it made me feel smart to say it. So I was like, okay, <laughs> well, right. I'm going to call my business quintessence. <laughs> now for all of those people listening, here's a note to self. Do not name your business something that people cannot <laughs> or spell because you will spend the first 10 years of your business saying and spelling it every day okay so, and then and they'll never get it right no they'll never get it right people still butcher it when i'm introduced i mean it's ridiculous did you notice that i didn't mention it because of that fact i know right because people struggle with the name quintessence and uh but I say all that to say that she inspired me to consider entrepreneurship but believe it or not and that did not inspire me to walk into the business school the whole four years I was in college. So everything I learned about business, I learned basically the most expensive way you can learn it. Right. I learned it from the hard the knocks, and hard life. knocks, you know, so um, I graduated from Virginia Tech. I worked in industry as a television producer for five years. Um, I got my dream job when I was 23 years old, but I hated it. I was like, I got to figure out something else to do because <laughs> this ain't it. And so literally I went back to my notes from when I was in college and I said, you know what? I always wanted to start my own production company. And I did in 1999. I basically left my job in the middle of February sweeps. I had a laptop, a fax machine and a dream. And I went home and started my first business in the basement of my house. And, you know, the rest is history. Within a couple of years, we were doing pretty well. Um, and I was really young when I started. So it was easy for me, based on my media background, to figure out how to get publicity for my business and how to, you know, do things to keep myself top of mind. And so I started winning, you know, all these awards, you know, top 50 women in business in Pennsylvania, top 30 leaders under 30 in America, mm. uh, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Um, and you know, I got married, I, I ended up, um, number 29 on the Philly 100 list, which is like Philadelphia's version of like the Inc 5000 list. We were, you know, my husband at the time was actually able, able to quit his full-time job and join our business full-time. I had the largest woman owned production company in Philadelphia. And, um, you know, we were cranking, we were rolling along and, all of a sudden, in 2005, I got pregnant with our son. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I basically went from being the worst workaholic you ever met, like I was a six-day-a-week maniac, to not being able to leave my house and barely being able to raise my voice above a whisper at anyone. And, you know, this was 2005. This was before Wi-Fi was pervasive in people's homes. So literally I had a Palm three cell phone trying to run my whole life <laughs> and, and I had made the biggest mistake you can make in business. I, I built a business that couldn't run without me. Ah, uh, yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm pregnant with my son 
And by the way, he was born December 14th of that year. So I spent the whole year pregnant, basically. <laughs> and then and then my business was in shambles. And I was like, I couldn't believe, you know, what had happened to us because we were rolling. And then all of a sudden it was like, it was like somebody threw the brakes on. Um, and I truly, I believe God threw the brakes on because he was like, I'm going to stop her from being <laughs> a alcoholic maniac. I'm a six day a week crazy lady. I'm going to make her stop. Um, so literally while I was home on bed rest, I started writing down all of the expensive things I had learned about my business, all the expensive mistakes. And man, the list was so long. And I thought to myself, you know what? I would have run my business better if I had had better advice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but there was nowhere to get the advice from. I mean, there were lots of books out. But in terms of mass media, there wasn't someone out here giving people small business advice. You know, Susie Orman was out at that time talking about, you know, 401k plans and all this kind of stuff. So there were people who could not relate <laughs> advice. Right. But there was nobody in mass media going, hey, this is how you start a business. This is when you should actually quit your job. Hey, this is some of the booby traps that are out here waiting for you when you start a business. You put your shingle out, you're taking on 10 jobs at one time, any of which can clothesline you on any given day. Mm. Nobody was talking about that stuff. You had all these really successful entrepreneurs, you know, like writing these books about the good old days and they could barely remember the struggle. Like, no, there was nobody out here saying, listen, this is how you hire your first employee. This is what can happen to you. Like not paying payroll taxes, you can go to jail faster for not doing that than not paying income taxes. Mm. The IRS does not play with people about payroll taxes. You know, these are all the things that you don't know until you get the nasty letter from the IRS. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) and I realized that people needed help because I rarely hear bad business ideas, but I see poor business execution everywhere it's like the cold and flu it's everywhere because it's like people know how to build their widget they know how to do their service they know how to bake great cakes but they don't got no idea how to run a bakery oh that's that's it you, you nailed it because there are people that are super super successful in whatever you know they're, they're extremely talented in whatever service industry they're in or whatever passion art if they're in art but it's a completely different animal when it comes to selling and 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 marketing yourself and all of that cuz you and you can't sometimes people get a little overwhelmed with that but i love the fact that you i mean right when you were saying when you were saying to me when and and this is what i got when you were saying to me that i learned all the things that were wrong that were you know that you could go wrong Right there, I thought, there's a book right there. You know, the 101 things that can go wrong <laughs> and don't do these things. But you you learn from, you did, you learn from your mistakes. And then people, other people can benefit from what you went through instead of having to go through it themselves. And that's exactly what happened. Like I said to myself, okay, there's nobody out here giving people the real deal about how to run a successful small business. So you know what? I'm going to put myself in charge of ending small business failure. Mm. And that is literally what happened. I took those notes from when I was pregnant, laying on my couch, and literally that became my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, which is now in its second edition and has been published in languages around the world. 
Isn't that exciting? What languages, how many different languages have you found out? At least four. Usually when they come out with a new language, they send me a couple copies. Not that I can read it, you know, but it has been published in Spanish. It has been published in Portuguese. It has been printed in India. It has also been printed in Chinese. So we have been very wow. successful. And I'm really excited because the audio version of this book after eight and a half years is finally about to come out. So we're really excited about it. Um, I originally published the book in 2010. And we published a second edition in 2015. And I'm very blessed because I still get emails from people from around the world saying, I read this book and this book gave me courage. I love and I love the fact that you have the audio book. I, I mean, I, I do. I love uh, physical books that they, I like to take them to bed. <laughs> I read them before I used to go to sleep. But I there's something about audio books and especially because I have a very long commute. I like to actually listen to I like to hear what you have to say and from and also another thing from you you know from the author some there's some publishers they do this crazy thing where they have a really cool book you know an awesome uh a book published and they'll have somebody else read the audiobook and I'm like wait that's not you know it's as read by some voice actor and yeah. and I'm like and no no that doesn't work that way what <laughs> no but Melinda did my book yeah they oh no did not oh no we have me. to have you redo that we have to have you do your voice I, I was really surprised they didn't ask me we have did. to have you you know why because it's you it's your personality oh I, I know and there's so many personal stories who they get in the book they get they Angela Bassett but <laughs> they get somebody good who they get. I listen. I don't even know. I haven't even heard it yet. So, oh well, you know. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk to them <laughs> as your as your audio um, representative. I'm gonna have a conversation with them. No, I have I have a very dear friend who's a, an amazing Reiki healer. She's a hypnotherapist. She is phenomenal, right? And she had a book on on energy healing, and uh, it was and they did a good job on the book, pretty much, but not a lot of publicity, but they did okay. And they did the audio version. I was all excited about getting the audio version. She sent it to me. And this woman, she's from Brooklyn. She's this little, you know, uh, you know, she's uh, up, up there in the, in the digits, you know. But she, it's her beautiful, sweet Brooklyn accent that when she talks is, is her. It's her character. So when I put the CD in and I was listening and I'm like, who the hell is this? Who is this? It was some very, you know, proper lady, nice, I'm sure. But I was like, no, no, no. The essence uh, uh, of 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 my friend was lost on that audio thing. So we, yeah, okay. So we'll talk to them. Um, so <laughs> so Melinda, uh, you know, there's so many. Like I said, there's so many things that we can talk about. But I really, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because of this explosion that I see around me of women entrepreneurs, female, fierce female entrepreneurs. I mean, they're coming out. There are people that are uh, becoming virtual assistants. There are um, social media mavens, uh, publicity, uh, and working all around the, well, in, in this country, networking with one another. There is an explosion right now of female entrepreneurs. Uh, and, and, and I wanted to get your take on that. What is going on? And I'm glad, but what is going on? I think people start businesses for a lot of different reasons. You know, 
Um, a lot of it is because they've got some soul sapping job and some really super unappreciative boss. But a lot of it is because people want to have time freedom and they want to have control and want to be able to, you know, do the things they want to do for their family, whether it's meet kids at the school bus or, you know, they have aging parents and want to be more involved in the care of their families. So there's a lot of different reasons why people start businesses. I mean, certainly there are people who want to leave a legacy and want to create generational wealth for their family. Um, but mostly it's because people are unappreciated in a job or they're in a job that just doesn't serve their passions. And, you know, passion is a dangerous thing in business because sometimes people get caught up in passion. And the thing that I always worry about is, listen, I'm all for passion, but I want you to make sure your passion has a profit center. Mm, yes. Because <laughs> right? I'm passionate about music, but I am not auditioning for the voice. Right. So there's a difference between something you're interested in versus something somebody's willing to pay you for. Yes. And that's the thing that I want to really zone in on for people. Because one, is a, one like, is a business and one is a hobby. Right. Well, you got You mess around and have a glorified hobby if you're not careful. Yes. Yes. You know, but profit is how we keep scoring business. And if you ain't making money, that don't make no sense. So you got to make sure that whatever you're doing, there is actually a demand in the marketplace. But more than that, you got to make sure you know who your paying customer is. So often I meet entrepreneurs and they'll tell me, oh, everybody can use my product or service. And I'm like, baby, if everybody can use your product or service, no one will. Mm. No one will. Mm -hmm. think everybody using what people don't understand is that the last recession killed generalist consultants what the world is looking for now is special specialty special right i Niche. want somebody that specializes in solving my problem right you know it's like who makes more money your primary care physician or your cardiologist your cardiologist obviously and why do cardiologists make more money because the specialists Right. And the cardiologists I know drive Lamborghinis. Right? I mean, <laughs> you need to figure out how to become the cardiologist for what you do. You need to do it so well that they wouldn't dare call somebody else. Right. Right. And that's the difference. And nowadays your competition is global. It's not local. You know, and you got to be careful as a small business owner trying to compete on price because the race to the bottom. is Oh, a yeah. Yeah. All the Amazon sellers and e-commerce sellers out here. Y'all really got to be careful with stuff like that. Yeah. I Oh, I, I agree. I agree. Well, let's um, let's talk about some of the the biggest mistakes people make when starting either, you know, their own small business or their own entrepreneurship uh, what are some of the biggies that the, you know, the top five or four that you that you that you see that you want to let people know or warn them about? Well, the number one biggest mistake is just poor cash flow management and just really people allowing their fear of math to be the reason why they don't know what's going on in their business financially. Mm -hmm. You really do need to know how much profit is in every deal, how much profit is in every sale. You need to be tracking your profitability year over year. You know, you need to make sure that you're looking at financial statements by the 15th of the month so you know how well your business did last month. You need to make business decisions based on up-to-date financial information. Too many people are running their business based upon looking at their bank balance. And that means they don't have no idea whether they're making money or what's losing money, what's costing money. And, you know, there's just 
and it's madness. And so that would be the first thing I would say, you know, make sure you got some money rules, make sure you're using a budget. You know, if you don't manage your household with a budget, you're not going to manage your business with one. And that's a dangerous place to be. Uh, you want to make sure that you're running your business based on the numbers. The second thing is, is that you have to hire well. You know, being a one woman or one man army is exhausting. You need to have a plan for how you're going to get you some help, but you need to do it thoughtfully. You need to actually have job descriptions. You need to look at multiple candidates. You know, your cousin that needs a job, that's not the right candidate. <laughs> Give him a check. Don't give him a job because you already have a three ring circus and you don't need a new monkey in the show. You mm -hmm, don't. So mm -hmm. you need to make sure that you spend the time to have an actual hiring process. And then you need to make sure that you train people. Too often we as small business owners, we wait until we're up to our ears and alligators. And then we go hire some poor person and then we throw them the keys and say, good luck. You know, we don't take time to train people. And then you get mad because folks are not performing. It's like, well, wait a minute. Right. You can have it both ways. You got to spend the time. And depending on the job, you need to spend two to four weeks at least training people on what their job is. It's critically, critically important. And I would say the third thing is really making sure that you're paying attention to the market and understanding how your business and your products and services are positioned in the marketplace. And then you've got to think about, is what you sell today going to be relevant three to five years from now? Mm -hmm. You've got to look at the trends in your industry. You've got to look at the technology in your industry so that you make sure that you don't become the taxi driver that got put out of business by Uber. That's not who you want to be. You want to make sure you see trouble coming so you can adjust, so you can manage. And you always want to make sure that you're continually putting more value into your product without increasing cost. What can you do to make continue to ingratiate yourself to your customer? Why do they need you? And would you say, Melinda, too, that one of the most important, I mean, yes, it's important if you're, if you're, let's say you're, if you're doing a small business in its product base, or obviously if you're doing something that's service-based, one of the most important th aspects of it is you is how you're represented, is how you look to the outside world. But I wanted to get your, your feeling on that as far as presenting ourselves as uh, the owner of a company, the owner of a business. Let's talk about how we represent ourselves. In other words, are you just snapping a selfie with your, with your iPhone and using that as nope. your headshot? Or nope. <laughs> okay, so let's nope. talk about that because I find that people, um, uh, that's where sometimes they kind of, um, it, right from the get-go, they're, they're a little bit behind on that and how to represent themselves because it's really your business, right? So, Oh, yeah, listen, you're selling yourself as much as you're selling your product or service. And whether you show up in person someplace or show up online, you are supposed to look like somebody someone should be interested in talking to. So what does that look like? Number one, you need to have a professional headshot that actually looks like you. So a wonderful headshot from 10 years ago is not okay either, right? So I want you to really think about how you can be your best professional self. Um, you also want to make sure that you use that headshot consistently all over social media. Continuity. It should be that same headshot everywhere so people know is you exactly. consistently. Exactly. Um, 
And one of the things that if you are a more personality driven brand, such as myself, like I am the small biz lady, one of the things that I try to do is I have a specific color palette and I try to make sure that I wear that color a lot. I noticed that, you know, so I noticed that and that you want to be branded in your brand colors. Um, you also want to make sure that you actually have a logo. You know, anybody can start a business, but brands are what people become loyal to, not businesses. So you want to make sure that you think through your brand, your logo, your color story, um, and that that is consistent everywhere. You know, your website, your PowerPoint slide decks, anything that you're, any content you're developing should have a consistent look and feel. And that's how you keep yourself top of mind. When people see my work, they know it's me. And that's really important because if you want to market yourself to small business owners, you got to come see the small biz lady. And that's because of the last 10 years of work we have put in to build this brand and to have it be consistent. And listen, I've written over 5,000 articles about how to start and grow a successful small businesses and three books. So you know, there is consistency there. There is social proof there. You know, I don't have conversations with people about whether or not I can solve their problem. I have conversations with them about availability and price. Mm, mm-hmm. Exactly. And you and you nailed it on the head when you were talking about the importance of branding, uh, the brand. That is what's going to stick out with people. And I love, I also, I love the AKA, also known as, um, I love taglines as well. If it's on a product or a service, um, that's one, one reason why I, th- I think like with with folks who are writing books, the title is super important. But it's the subtitle that I I just I love so much because that's what's going to set you apart too from all the other you know authors I that are out there, all the other works. I completely agree with you. I mean, one of the most important decisions we made was for me to have a mission behind my business. Ending small business failure is very clear. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. You know, and I mean, and I don't have to explain too much after I say that. Like, what do you do? I end small business failure. Well, all right. Okay. You know, I mean, and the thing about it is, is that your mission should be much bigger than you. It shouldn't necessarily be exactly where you are. That's your vision. Like, my vision was to become America's number one small business expert. My mission is to end small business failure. And my passion is that I love entrepreneurs. Mm, mm. So all of those things together. And, turn you, into and you're rock solid on all of those. This is another thing, too. When I when um, and this is something that especially people who are just who are trying to start their own business, who are trying to start their own um, entrepreneurship. <laughs> when you ask them, what is it that you do? And that's a simple thing. Like if you're going to a networking, you know, a luncheon, everybody's there and everybody's got their business cards, right? And and, and the question will be, so what do you do? And you have those folks who are extremely talented, but they, they're like, well, I do a little bit of everything. I do this. I do that. I do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Talk to those people right now, Melinda. Listen, when you go into a networking situation, you need to be really clear about who you help and the results you generate. So for example, if somebody walks up to me and says, what do you do? I say, well, you know, I'm America's number one small business expert. I help people start and grow successful small businesses. Boom. Period. And usually when I say that, that invites a question. Oh, well, I have a blah, 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 blah. Could you help me? 
yes. <laughs> you know? Well, yes, how, I can. How do you help people. You know, I mean, that's usually the second. Well, how do you help people? How could you help me? And then I take my Lucy sign out that says the doctor is in. And then they start telling me what's wrong with their business. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, sometimes I'm scared on an airplane to say what I do. Because invariably, the person sitting beside me, their husband, their brother, their daughter just started a business. And, and they're going to pick your brain for the whole flight. <laughs> and they want to tell me about it. That's so, when you put those yeah. little ice shades on, don't you know? And you pretend like you're asleep. Put your listen, headphones on. Listen, it don't work. Uh, it don't work. If, if their spirit is like, this is a friendly person, I'm going to talk. If they're <laughs> nervous about flying, they're going to talk. If they think I'm cute, they're going to talk. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, I listen, I travel with one of my books always in my purse. Because invariably, I'm going to meet somebody I want to give it to. That's a, That was another question I had for you. You know, uh, uh, a dear friend of mine, Craig Duswald, who does Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, one of his uh, things that he talks about is the importance of not just having like a, a regular business card, because people will throw away a business card. But he was saying, and I actually completely agree with him because I found this to be true, is that a great way... Uh, to to be to be noticed and to be remembered uh, is to give someone a book instead of a business card to give someone a book a free book you know here's my book and he does he says it doesn't have to be this big thick thing it could be something small but what he what he said is that lo and behold when you give someone a book they won't throw it out they they can't throw it out it's like almost like a like a physical thing that you you know won't leave your hands and go into a trash can you might give it to someone. But it's very, very difficult to throw out a book. And also, it has the ability for them to read about you, to find out more about you. I was wondering if you, if in your uh, line of work, is that something that you do on a somewhat regular basis? Do you hand out books uh, to, to certain people for free? Well, I mean, look, I sell books now. I mean, you know, I don't <laughs> always give them away, but sometimes I do. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I meet a person. And, you know, I might be at a book signing and you can tell somebody really wants a book, but they mm. just really don't have any money. Yeah. Yeah. And I will very quietly just sign the book and give it to them. I don't make a big deal out of it. I don't embarrass them. But sometimes I can just tell. Yeah. But the reason why I do it is because I am a Christian. And what I know is that no matter what I give, I'll never be God given no matter what I give. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody really wanted it, my prayer is that they read it and that it helps them. You know, but there is a thought that books are just very expensive business cards. I mean, that that is true. Um, that's why you want to be real careful about who you give it to. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, listen, I know that I am so blessed to be able to say that I have been in business almost 20 years. And then I've never missed a mortgage payment. I have never, you know, had a had a car payment not get paid and, and a roof over my family's head. And I have been able to travel around the world as a small business lady. Mm. So I'm so grateful for that, that I just I just keep going. Right. You know, my mission gets me up in the morning. It's like I have a purpose clock instead of an alarm clock. And isn't that a beautiful feeling too to be able to do what you love and to love what you do like uh w one of my greatest wishes for 
listeners of this podcast, for my friends, for the world at large, is to, you know, if they are in a position, if they're in a job that they hate, or if they're underemployed, or they're doing something that they're not passionate about, my wish for them is to be able to do something that they love. And that has a ripple effect. I do believe that that has a ripple effect because you're putting out that energy into the world. And I believe that also there's the ability for you to succeed beyond your imagination. We limit ourselves uh, a lot of times, too, in business, don't we? We limit ourselves saying... Let me tell you something. Yeah. Doubt kills more businesses than anything else. Mm-hmm. Without question. I mean, you cannot have a fear mindset. You can't. You have to have a hope mindset. You have to have a belief. And the first person you have to believe in is yourself. You, I mean, you know, you're actualizing your own idea. It takes a really brave soul to do that. You know, because not everybody can do it. Most people have to keep their good job. They're not built for this life. Right. Because let me tell you something. There have some hard days and some dark nights. But what I will also tell you is that, you know, my favorite sound is the sound of money coming in the door. And so, you know, when I hear from a client, send us the invoice, mm. check is in the mail. I love that. Or what we are wiring your deposit. I, I love, love that. that. Yes. <laughs> I love that. You know, check your bank. <laughs> it's been <Right>. deposited. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I mean by, you know, the lows are low, but the highs are amazing. And let's, I want to talk about something that uh, especially a lot of people who are just starting in business, uh, and again, this this explosion of women in business is amazing, but one of the aspects that you are particularly um, strong at, one of the expert angles that you are really strong at is social media, is the the online presence. And I wanted to know if you'd be willing to give our listeners just a few, maybe some basic tips, uh, not tricks, because that's not really a trick, but some <laughs> tips on how to build your the social media presence. Um, I know that this could be a whole book in itself, and a whole, this is a whole book in itself, and a whole <laughs> class and everything, but maybe just some, uh, some top tips for folks who are uh, starting right now in business. Well, the first thing that I want to tell you is that the key to being successful with social media is really first having a great website because the whole point of doing social media is to drive traffic back home. So if your website sucks, you don't have no business doing social media. Okay. Right, right. Now, once you have a great website and, and a website that loads quickly and looks great from a mobile device, because we now live in a mobile first world, people are doing mobile searches more than they're doing desktop searches now. So you have got to make sure that everything's simple, that it loads quickly, that looks that good, looks good, that people can find what they need. If you're a retailer, you better have a click to call button. Don't make me wreck my car trying to remember your number and dial it. <laughs> Please have a click to call button, directions and all that stuff. Um, you also want to make sure that you, um, you know, nowadays it, a lot of people are wasting a lot of time doing four or five social media platforms. Honestly, you really need to do two and they should be the two where your niche target customer spends most of their time online. Don't use Facebook because you like Facebook. Use Facebook because that's where your fish are. Right. The third thing you got to think about is content. 
Content is king. If you're going to be effective with social media, you have to share content on a consistent basis. It could be your content or it could be content from other websites that you frequent, but you have got to become a trusted member of the community. And the way to do that is by sharing content, but also by engaging with people. You can't just be a drone sending out links. You actually have to thank people, say hi to people, you know, uh, if you share something, say why you're sharing it. You know, you want to use what I call the help mantra. So everything you share should be helpful. Yes. Although, listen, if I don't like JLo's dress at the Grammys, I will tweet that. But in general, <laughs> you want to make sure you're sharing helpful information. Somebody might think that's helpful. <laughs> the <laughs> thing you want to do is engage with people, you know, learn some people names, show up consistently, show up consistently at the same times so that you can become a member of the community. The third thing you want to do is listen carefully to each social media platform. You know, Instagram people do not want to be communicated to like they are Twitter people. They're different. The way those platforms are used is different. So you want to make sure that you take the time to learn each platform before you jump out there and make a pariah of yourself. Um, and lastly, you want to promote yourself with care. You should be sharing other people's content at a four to one ratio of your own. Nobody wants to be sold to, and they especially don't want to be sold to on the internet. So you want to make sure that you educate, entertain, uh, be helpful, and you will draw your potential customers to you. Mm, I love that. I love that because, oh, that's where a lot of people go wrong. And oh, yeah. like it's, it's before you it's try all to sale. tell me something, right. say something to me. Right. Please. Right. No, it's like, can you can you give me a kiss before you, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> you exactly. take me to dinner before you asking for my bed. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, you know, it's harder to make contacts online because when you think about it, when you go to a networking event, it takes probably three quality interactions before you can turn that relationship into commerce. If somebody actually met you in person, if that relationship only exists online, it takes at least seven as high as 21 quality interactions for you to turn that relationship into commerce. And that's if they don't know you. And now, now if you're someone who is a, uh, a personality like, the small biz lady or um, a radio host or something like that where people hear you or see you, you may not be interacting with them, but they've, they've heard your podcast. They've um, listened to you on the radio. They've um, tuned in. They've, they've actually gotten to know you, Melinda Emerson, AKA small biz lady. They've gotten to know you without you even having to communicate with them. So that's also your interaction Whereas they're already, they are already sold before you've actually had that conversation because they feel that they know you. I've met people. That's true. I mean, that is true. But, you know, that can backfire on you, too. You know, sometimes I go to places and people are like, oh, my God, I've been following you online for five, six years. And you are so nice. And I'll be like, so tell me what made you think I wasn't going to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
You know, sometimes people make a lot of assumptions about you when you are a quote, air quote, air quote personality online. They do make so, assumptions, right? But one of the things that I did very early on when I started using social media was I always shared something personal about myself. So I would share a helpful article written by someone. I would answer somebody's small business question every day, but I always shared a personal antidote. You know, I have a 12 year old son, but at the time when I first got on social media, he was like two years old. So I would share stuff like, um, had to act like an ape to get Jojo to eat a banana this morning. You know, something that would make people know that I was a human. Ah, yes, you are human. Drone out here sharing links. That's not it, you know. Okay, and can you talk? Can you please tell people if I'll tell them if you have a business, I don't care a business service, whatever you're selling something. Do not email every single day. Don't send me an email every single day. Don't send me an email even every single week. And just I, I get to a point where I. I will find you. I will go to the bottom and I will unsubscribe and I don't care what you're offering. But some people, they do take advantage of that, uh, of having somebody's email address in their database and it's just constant. And I, that, yeah. that bugs me. you got to make sure that if you're going to use email, and everyone should because email does still heavily convert, you want to make sure that you are sending out something that is relevant and helpful. If you're just sending out coupons or you're just sending out, you know, something that no one gives a hoot about, they're not going to open your stuff. And so you want to survey your audience from time to time, um, you know, have these people, you know, um, you know, you want to segment your list. If someone hasn't opened an email from you in a year, they need to go to a different list. Right. You know, they, you know, you need to communicate with people who want to be communicated with, but you also need to check yourself and say, okay, if people are not opening my emails, then I've got to re look, I've got to look at my emails. I've got to figure out, you know, why is this converting or not converting? Let's talk, let's talk about that, the whole, cause I, the, the most, imp- I mean, what I would think would be important, not the most important is are is gaining our you know creating our database uh our emails sending sending out because you're right that's how we are communicating but let's talk about the importance of that and how do we get those prospects for the data is it are you is it mostly having that real strong website and getting people to that website and maybe even offering them some type of you know, hey, uh, uh, sign up now for this free newsletter on XYZ. Absolutely. And then, Absolutely. yeah, they one give you the your information, things, right? They give you their, yeah. their email. One of the things that you have to do when you build a great website is have at least three ways to entice people to give you their email address. So the first thing you want to do is, you know, offer something free, uh, you know, sign up for my newsletter. That's a great one. But you also want to offer people something of high value for free. One of the things that I've done for years is I've always offered people the ability to download two free chapters of my book. 
Um, for years, it was Become Your Own Boss at 12 Months. Now, my new book, Fix Your Business, you can go to my website and download two free chapters, and it's right there in the header. As soon as you get to my website, you've got the offer. Click here to download. Um, we also periodically offer other things, like I have a video series of seven ways to attract new prospects to your business today. You know, so there's all kinds of things you can do, but depending on the type of business, you can offer a free quote, you can offer a free sample, but you need to make sure that you offer something of high value. And here's why. Mm -hmm. If you do not give away something of high value free, if you give away junk for free, please don't believe anybody's ever going to pay you for anything. Exactly. You want to overpromise and, and you want to underpromise and overdeliver on a freebie because you really want to impress people because in a lot of ways that is the beginning of your relationship with them. Of course, because you're giving them a lot and they're going to come back because they're like, "Oh my gosh, I just got so much from that. I just got I got a pair of tickets to uh to a seminar or, you know, to a speaking event with this person and I gained so much knowledge and I made connections and da 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 da. da. Then if there is like a upsell pitch at the end of that after somebody has an incredible time and is you know, um, not it's not wooed, but is entertained, is educated, is informed, feels that it was worth their time. Then they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna stick with you. They're gonna either take your master class or you know stay with you in a, in the long term, which I think is absolutely important because it's that re- it's also that repeat business, that repeat uh, person who's coming back to you time and time again. Without question, you know, but people make the mistake. Or, you know, trying to get over or whatever. And I'm like, dude, that does not serve you. You want to make sure that you give people great service. And let's also talk about the idea of here's the thing. Let's say you don't have the ability to have employees. Let's say this is something that is going to be a one person operation, a one woman operation, one one man operation. And you are interested in starting your business okay from the get-go have nothing is done yet you're thinking about doing the website at least to get yourself started (laughs) please let people know if they are not talented uh, and an expert at website design please pay somebody to (laughs) build your website do not if this if websites is not your business Spend the nickel, you know, to have somebody do it for you. You know, as a business owner, you want to make sure that you've focused on your most high-valued activities. And learning uh, website code is not one of them if that's not your natural gift. So do not do that. It's like doing your own accounting. Why would you do that? Like, unless your business is accounting, that is not something you should be doing as a business owner. Or throwing on your own brakes on your car. You know what? I'm not doing it. (laughs) Right. No, that's not what you do. You need to focus on high valued activities and you need to get great business you know advisors and vendors around you to take on tasks that they can do quickly and efficiently and that is really what you want to have done for your business are there any oh, let's see any things that you would recommend to our listeners who are who are thinking of uh, starting their own business are there things that you would recommend that they start learning that that you felt was important to learn as as someone who is you know well you've had a long track of this but things that they need to they really need to grasp and and uh, and get a hold of well for one i think that 
they need to grab my book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, because I lay out a 12-month plan for how to transition from having a job to starting a business. But the first thing I want to say is that the number one thing you need to do when you have decided that you want to start a business is you really need to figure out your personal why story. What do you want and why do you want it? Because sometimes what you need might just be a new job. It might not be this new adventure that we call entrepreneurship. So you need to get really, really clear because once you know what you want and why you want it, then you can figure out what kind of business you can start to help you live that life. Right. And then the next thing you got to think about once you said, OK, I know I want to start this business. I know why I want to start this business. Then you got to figure out how you're going to pay for it, because banks do not loan money to start up businesses. So the money to start your business is really going to come from your right or your left pocket. Right. And then the third thing you've got to figure out is what skills you have versus what skills you need to run your particular kind of business. You know, I don't want to see you start a restaurant because you like to eat. I want to see you start a restaurant because you know something about running a restaurant. So what that might involve is you going to work part time for a business like the one you want to start. So that way you will be able to have some data about how hard it is how the vendors you might need, the different things that go on behind the scenes that have nothing to do with what goes on the plate. You know, that's the stuff. That's the inside baseball you really need to know. And then the fourth thing you've got to figure out is who is going to be your niche target customer. Too often I see people get excited about their website. They get excited about their logo. They get excited about the invitations to their grand opening event. And could not tell you if their life depended on it, who their target customer is. And that is a mistake. And we've already talked about that. But it's really important for you to get clear about who your paying customer is. Fifth, you need a business plan. I know there's all these people out here telling people they don't need business plans. That is foolishness. I don't want you to spend more time planning your vacation than how you're going to support yourself and your family financially. Get a business plan. There's plenty of free business plan software out here on the Internet. You need to really get clear about how your business is going to run. How are you going to make the phone ring? What are you going to happen after the phone rings? What's going to be your distribution channels? How much is it going to cost you to create this product or service? Where are you going to sell it? How are you going to sell it? You know, all these things you got to figure out. And if you don't take the time to think about them before you get started, you're going to push your rock uphill with your back the whole time you're in business. And that is the much harder way to do it. And it's completely unnecessary. How many, how many, uh, well, what would be the percentage if you had to put a percentage on, on how many people start a, a, a business, a home-based, or a home-based business, but a small business, let's say, and within five, you know, within the first five years quit, or declare bankruptcy or just throw in the whole towel? 70%. 70%. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. There's a high failure rate. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, if not, everybody be doing like, it. Right. You <laughs> have to plan for success. Success is not going to just happen to you. And the longer you plan, the more you give yourself a fighting chance at staying in business. And, you know, and the, and the last thing that I should have said previously is that you also should start your business as a side hustle first. I don't believe in folks quitting jobs to start a business. Unless you're starting a business that directly competes with your day job, there is no reason for you to quit until you really figure out what you're doing, until you really start making money. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. 
because there's nothing worse too than when you are under pressure to pay a mortgage and you and you quit your job so you could, you know, sell gizmos on the internet and then you find out, you know, three months into it that there's nobody that wants your gizmos and then you have then there's the pressure. Uh, there's then it's ah oh, then it, it's it, you can ruin your relationship, but also it puts too much pressure on you. And then there is the hard sell too. That's the other thing, is that when uh, some folks who that are in uh, in business, you can feel it. You can it's like a it's like a scent, you know that that they've got to make the sale, and that doesn't that doesn't feel comfortable for a potential customer or somebody that might be interested in your business because they f- they can feel that you're desperate. Absolutely. You know, everybody can smell fear and desperate energy, dogs, children, and absolutely potential customers. So you want to make sure that the number one thing you're wearing in the morning is your confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't ever want to let anybody see you sweat. Even if you need a contract so badly, nobody should ever know. Exactly. Oh, I love speaking with you. Um, Melinda, I want to ask you if we only have a couple minutes left, if you want to let our listeners know how they can, the best ways, I know you're on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere, uh, and especially people can go to your uh, resource blog, succeedasyourownboss.com, but tell them uh, all the other ways they can reach you. I am the small biz lady everywhere. So if you can't remember my name, Melinda Emerson, you can always Google small biz lady and find me. Um, Don't forget, I've got two books that are references for you. Become your own boss in 12 months and my new book, Fix Your Business. So if you've got a spaghetti Western mess going on up in your business, I can help you fix it. So grab my new book, Fix Your Business Today, for all these existing business owners out here. But if you need a roadmap to kick off your new business idea, Become your own boss in 12 months. It's called Classic. You want to get it. I, yeah, and I love it. It's, it's, you just did a great job, too, on that title. It's real simple. Become your own boss in 12 months, a month-by-month guide to a business that works. Melinda Emerson, I want to thank you so very much, also known as Small Biz Lady, America's number one small business expert. Thank you so much for joining me on Out of the Box Radio. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I'd love to have you back anytime, anytime you want. Uh, we'd love to have you back on the show. Thank you so much, Christine. Um, I'm really excited to have been here, and I hope I've shared a few bars that are helpful to people in this thing we call entrepreneurship. And also, oh, before and before I let you go, too, I'm sure that people, let's say they have a, well, maybe I'm not sure. Are, are you also available for, uh, for, for consultations with people in businesses? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a coaching program. I do VIP coaching days. If those are things that you're interested in, feel free to email me at Melinda at MelindaEmerson.com. Melinda at MelindaEmerson.com. Again, thank you so very much. Small Biz Lady for coming on Out of the Box Radio. We so much appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And folks, I want to thank you for listening to Out of the Box Radio. Remember, you can always subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio or on YouTube. And remember to share this program with as many people as you can because this is important information for so many entrepreneurs and small business owners. Until next week, as I always say, please remember to think outside of the box. Bye for now.